Hello everybody, welcome to episode number two of the MMA Natter. Hope you're well, cheers for tuning in again, hope you enjoyed the last episode with UFC flyweight Jillian Robertson. Great lass, great chat, good predictions for her next fight, she's planning on cuddling necks, so that's all good. Now this guest, we've got Scotty Boom Boom Malone, fighter, cage warriors, ex-fighter, title contender from Dundee, Scotland. He came on, we had a wee chat about weight cuts, the current career status, where he's at at the moment, his time over at Team Alpha Male in Sacramento, California, and the influence that he's taken away from that. And we spoke a wee bit about kind of how he got into MMA and where it's went from there and what's next. And discussed a few hobbies that he's got going on. So it was a good wee chat. Hometown boy. And I hope you enjoy it. We're going to have... Uh, sorry. We're going to have a UFC 259 chit chat tomorrow. We're going to be kind of running up. We've got three title fights. We've got Jan Sterling, Megan Anderson, Amanda Nunes. And we've got Blakovic and Adesanya. And we've got a lot of great fights as well on the prelims. We've got Dominic Cruz as well on the prelims, which is even more madder. But um, UFC 259 is going to be great. As always, being in the UK, being in Scotland, it's going to be one of those all-nighters when you've got work. But that's just the way it happens, I'm afraid. Um, I'm sure many people at this side of the world anyway will be able to identify and feel that struggle alongside me. So look out for this episode with Scotty Boom Boom Malone. And look out for the episode based upon UFC 259 and our first proper episode where we're kind of chit-chatting and not just focusing on the interviews. But again, follow the MMA Natter on Twitter, Instagram and listen to it on Apple Podcasts, Anchor FM and Spotify. Look forward to seeing you all and look forward to UFC 259. Check this out and see you all soon. Good to go. So thanks for coming on the show, mate. It's uh, good to have you on. I've been meaning to get you on for quite some time now, but um, just with a lot of the kind of hold up and the changes that's going on in the world, it's been a wee bit difficult. But no, it's very appreciated. How have you been? Not so bad, mate, yourself? Eh, not bad. Again, just working a lot of stuff and just uh, in a kind of irony, watching MMA a lot. Certainly, um, MMA world's been great to me during uh, COVID. I mean, yeah. um, back in March when we had the kind of Oliveira and Kevin Lee fight. I didn't care what was going to happen after that. Um, here we are, um, like forty odd events later. Yeah, it's brilliant, man. So I've been doing a wee bit of research just into your kind of career. So ever seen you in Cage Warriors? Just kind of having a look at a couple of fights you were in. Very great fights as well, if you don't mind saying this out. Um, when did you first start MMA? Um, well, I think it was two thousand. It was about the end of 2010. Um, obviously, I'd done judo first, so I just went along to do like a, a conditioning class mm. in a DMMA, and then that was, I kind of just fell in love, like instantly, you know what I mean? Like just hitting a bag and stuff, because all my years, I was always training, always keeping fit yep. uh, with judo and stuff, but I'd never like punched a bag, for instance, you know what I mean? I'd maybe punched one of my mate's bags in the house or something, yeah, but yeah. Man, nothing like serious, you know what I mean? And, Jumping sort of into, uh, like the MMA conditioning class, but you're punching bags and you're you're doing different things to what you're doing from judo. So it was, it was from there again. I was just learning everything. Yeah, so it was, mm. it was great. It was it was like a new, new thing to learn for me, which is it keeps me interested. 
And like judo, I mean, my knowledge of judo, certainly, I know that there's a lot of kind of tossing and throwing about in terms of throwing them, getting people on their back. Um, is that literally your only experience with kind of combat up until that point? Yeah, apart from, obviously, being from Dundee, you grow right. up <laughs> you grow up fighting Steve. in the streets. But um, to be honest, I was never really, at primary school and stuff, I would fight quite a lot. And all the way through high school, I don't even think I fought once. You know what I mean? So it was, and only at the start of first year I took up judo. So I don't know, but because I took up judo, I maybe stopped fighting as much. Um, but when I was a lot younger, I was a wee bastard, obviously. Just fucking, I think I had small, small uh, man syndrome. So yeah, I was always fighting in primary school. But as I say, through high school, I wasn't fighting at all. Eh? As I got a wee bit older and started to drink. Some fights again, but nothing, nothing major. Yeah, just kind of like fighting on the streets, just that kind of hierarchy, survival of the fittest with the gangs, and that. Just trying to see who's kind of who's the head honcho at the and stuff. But no, that's cool, man. I mean, what got you into? I mean, you went to judo, you done your judo, um, you got accolades in judo as well. Did you win any kind of events or any awards? Yeah, well, through through my career, I won won quite a bit in judo. I was um, eight times Scottish champion. I was four times British champion, and that wasn't including like the British schools and stuff. Um, and I won the Commonwealth twice as well in 2012, 2016. So, yeah, I've also I've been away to like Canada. I've been I've been pretty much everywhere with Judo. It was it took me like traveling loads of places, like mm-hmm. being over to Holland, being to Belgium, being to Germany, being to like any place in Europe. You name it, I've probably been there competing. Um, not always winning medals, but I did win a medal mm. quite a lot. Um, not always golds. You may sneak a wee bronze here and there, but oh. it was yeah, it was great. It's brilliant, man. Um, judo. I mean, judo certainly back back then. Um, I knew it was popular. I heard I heard people um, talking about judo, but MMA itself was uh, very popular back then. Did you get into MMA like most people watching UFC? Watching um, videos, or was it through peers and pals? It was kind of through, I don't even know what it was through, to be honest. It was just like, I think I started watching, obviously, the UFC. I think I was around about, um, I could remember the first sort of thing I was watching was like Forrest Griffin, Ultimate Fighter. You know what I mean? That was sort of the classic. Even even then, I wasn't, I wasn't really like too into it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I would watch it, but I was never like, really interested in it and I think eventually when it came to like TJ Dillashaw Mm -hmm. and who else was on it Um, fuck that one anyway that TJ Dillashaw was on um, that's when I sort of started to like it a lot more you know what I mean and then that's from there I decided well maybe I'll I'll give this wee bash Um, but again I was never really going to go into it to to realise that I'm going to go and fight and I'm going to go and Mm -hmm. compete it was just for, at the time I'd quit judo, so I was only doing weights at the gym. I was doing absolutely zero cardio, so that's how I went along to do some something different, you know what I mean? Um, and like I say, I fell in love, and so just from there, it's just sort of spiralled into where I am now. Well, it's a lot more, a lot more disciplined um, if you're fighting on the street. I can imagine. Yeah. Um, a lot of people, I mean, a lot of people now. I mean, a lot of people know now, but back in the day, like the UFC, like the, the classics that we used to watch, like the weight. Well, if you want to call it a weight class, but 
people like Dillson and that, like, there was no smaller kind of weight classes than that yeah. kicking about then. So yeah. um, all you were getting intrigued by really was the heavyweights or like, I mean, the heavyweights, heavyweights, like six foot seven and every and fighting like yeah. a five foot eight guy and everything like that. So that's when it was at its most classic. But I would say that um, when Dillashaw or not kind of came, I kicked about, that's when it got really good. And even now, Dillashaw is still captivating and he'll uh, be back very soon. Yeah. So you went professional. So you were amateur for what two years, and then you went professional again. And now what I was, was it? yeah, I went. Oh, well, started competing in 2012. I think it was was when I had my first amateur fight. But that was like pro, before all the rules changed because there's been a couple of rule changes in MMA. So the first amateur rules were um, no headshots whatsoever. Yeah. You still wore four inch gloves, which yeah. is the pro gloves now. Um, but you were able to punch and kick to the body. You were able to elbow to the body and stuff yeah. as well. Um, then you got semi-pro, which was stand-up. You were allowed to hit and kick in the head and whatever else, mm-hmm. but on the ground you weren't. Um, but now the new amateur rules is where you've got seven-ounce gloves. Everything's in except elbows. So that, I had one, sorry, I had two fights. Actually. Two amateur fights with no striker in the head. Um, to, but that like the other the new amateur rules suited me better because it was more of a sort of ground and found guy. I like to punch people on the floor, which suited my game a lot better. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I had, see had, that. <laughs> yeah, I had um, one amateur fight with no headshots. Then I had an amateur fight with headshots. Then I went back and done another amateur fight, which was literally a week after I fought my my first amateur fight. Mm-hmm. Um, I got to fight for a belt down in England. Wow. Um, just coming off a back, I was literally, I went out with my mates, was pissed to fucking, and then I got offered this thing, I was like, fuck it, I'll just take it. My weight was still pretty low, so Aye. I went away and done that. Seemed to, and I won, so. <laughs> ah, well done. Did you ever have any, like, moments where you, you're meant to restrain in terms of kind of adhering to the rules, did you ever have moments where you almost slipped up and almost did hit them in the head and stuff like that? Um, no, that I remember, no. I think because it was only the two fights, it was, yeah. to me, it was kind of like judo with punching and kicking to the body. Mm. You know what I mean? That, that's the way I looked at it. Um, but on, I think on one of the fights, on the second one, after I had the punch into the head, I think I yeah. went to punch him in the head once and I was like, oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was the only sort of thing I remember that yeah. about sort of holding myself back. So when did you go professional? I went professional in 2015 or 16, I think it was. And what brought it on? Like, was that a decision that was made? Like, it was like once you won that belt, and now you were thinking, you know what, I'm kind of, I'm ready to kind of move to that step up, or was it um, another kind of decision on a whim? Just kind of take it as you leave it, see what happens. Mm. Well, like when I when I started competing, when I realised right, I'm gonna I'm gonna start competing, I'm gonna want to fight. Um, that's when I, I realised like I'm not want to do this half. I want to go and I want to do this to the best I can because um, I feel like my judo career, mm-hmm. things in my judo career sort of got in the way where I feel like I probably could have went to the Olympics and stuff if it had yeah. stuck in. Yeah. Um, but just because of like shitty politics and stuff like that and me being being young and fucking dumb, you know what I mean? Like <laughs> I could have done probably more and I, I regret that. So yeah. that's how when I'd done this, it was like, you know what, I'm going to actually really go for it. Mm-hmm. Um, but before going pro, I sort of had my last amateur fight yeah. um, against Aiden Stephen. He's 
he's doing really well just now as well. He's fighting on Cage Warriors. Yeah. Um, we're actually really good pals now. But that was my last amateur fight. And even before the fight, I says, win or lose, I'm going pro after this fight. Yeah. Um, I was ranked number one in Scotland mm-hmm. at the amateur scene at, at Bantamweight. Um, Aidan was ranked number one at Featherweight, which was the weight above. Yeah. Um, usually it's a day of weighing. So you weigh in on the day and you fight on the same day. Yeah. Uh, we decided to have that fight um, the day before weighing. So obviously he can come down, he's cut weight back down to that weight. Yeah. Um, and he. Yeah, he ended up winning the fight, but it was a close fight. It was a, it was a great fight. It's up on YouTube. Um, yeah, since then I was like, right, okay, I lost, but I never lost um, like in any particular way. You know what I mean? I, I feel like it was a really close fight. I could have went either way. First round was yeah. mine. Second round was close. Third round was definitely his. Um, but yeah, it was so I just from there I was I was struggling to get fights as it was. Mm-hmm. That's why I decided to take a fight with Aiden. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I just decided to go pro after that. Now there's a lot of speculation over losses. Um, like I've heard a lot of different things. Like some people lost and they're like, "That's it." Can I come on a downward spiral? Or there's people who kind of take stuff out and it's like, and um, they've got that kind of resilience where they're like, "Right, I maybe kind of lost, but I got like three rounds or five rounds or whatever in it, and I managed to get a bit of durability, get to kind of." test a lot of the stuff that I've tried and kind of practiced yeah. in my own accord and stuff. So that's brilliant. Did you notice a big um, level change going up to professional, just like the kind of pace, the the demands? Was that much, much higher as well? Uh, well, my first pro fight, I decided to go down the weight. I decided to go to uh, flyweight. Um, was that 125? 125. Wow. So I went down. I, I really struggled to make the weight. I was fucked. Um, I looked like I was on death's door, you know what I mean? It was, it was like a, an absolute skeleton. There's a picture on my Facebook somewhere. It was, I was like, I was honestly like death. Um, the next day I felt all right and stuff after the weigh-in, but um, yeah, I think I cut too much weight, like the bad way, you know what I mean? Now I've sort of, sort of done my nutrition out, I've sort of done everything out, uh, how to do a weight cut properly and stuff like that. And it was just, a, it was a big learning curve. I lost that fight as well. So coming off of... Coming off of two losses, it was like I kind of felt in my head, I was like, oh, fuck, am I doing the right thing here? Yeah. Um, so I took a break because for the whole time I'd been doing MMA, I'd never, because I worked, I used to coach judo every night. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was hard for me to train. So only I would get like fights in August where I can train through the summer holidays because obviously with the schools and stuff being off, yeah. I was able to train like basically full time. Um, so when it when it came to the summer holidays, that was after I just had my fight, I'd lost. It was like, you know what? I'm not even going to train. I'm going to enjoy my summer holidays for the first yeah. time in like four or five years, um, take a wee break from it, and then get back to it like after that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I decided to do that, and then from there, I went on like a six fight win streak, which is, you know what I mean, that's that's sort of. And that I'm really- hoping to go next as well. Like again, I, I came off the three losses there. Um, and now I've, I've just came back and won another fight. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm looking to go again, hopefully another six or even more. I mean, you know I mean? So. I mean no, you're still young. I mean, the thing, the thing about it for me, so I've always watched and seen that um, you've got people that either start really, really young or you've got people that start maybe late teens, early 20s. And then you've even got people that are fighting up until they're kind of 40s and stuff. So mm-hmm. um, looking at where you are at this stage, I don't think by any means that that would be 
you know, people say, oh, he's getting to the kind of last of their years or getting to their mid-30s, whatnot. But no, I think that um, um, nowadays, certainly when you're seeing people like um, Verdumin of and fighting, I mean, it's a different calibre in terms of heavyweight. I mean, yeah. I think... Um, I think, I mean, that would probably just be the kind of weight, getting the weight off as you're getting older, your metabolism is getting kind of worse. But no, I'd expect, I'd expect you could probably fight for quite some time now. I'm still kind of surprised at that flyweight. I mean, when you say bad, like kind of a bad way, and how, how would you, how would you always weight down to 125 pounds? Like, is that like a, it wouldn't be starvation, would it? Uh, no, no starvation. It was <laughs> like, the way, the way I sort of that, it was like sort of keto. I don't know if you've ever heard of a keto diet. I've, so like, I've turned into a bit of a, a keto guy over the last wee while. Yeah, I kind of I enjoy it. And I could see yeah. that almost kind of makes sense now. Like, um, carry on and tell us. Just I can, I can uh, learn something and other people can maybe hear a bit more about it. But um, I could see the benefits. So me, like at the time, I went keto. So I was just mm-hmm. eating pretty much just meat. Yeah. All, all meat, pretty much. And like broccoli and mm-hmm. I would, this, this is, although it sounds all right to eat just meat, yeah. um, my energy levels totally dropped. Mm-hmm. Um, I would go in the bath, like cutting weight in the bath. So there's like losing weight. So you lose weight up to the week of the fight. And then like yeah. the week of the fight, you would water load. So you're taking on loads and loads of water. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you're sauna in your last sort of days and a hot bath and stuff with salt and shit. Um, it's all about your water intake and how you mm-hmm. each day it drops down lower so you're starting off on like nine litres and then yeah. by the end of the, end of the week you're only drinking one litre um, but yeah like like I say for that for the first weight cut I, was, I wasn't I was doing any of the water cut I never even knew any of that you know what I mean so it was it was hard to make the weight I kind of fucked it up a wee bit um, but I learned from it and I, I decided to go back up to Bantamweight after that yeah. Um but now I'm actually thinking my next fight's probably going to be flyweight. Yeah, yeah. I'm sitting a lot lighter than than I normally do because I've mm-hmm. I've went vegan now. So yeah, play my weight now is sitting sitting lighter than usually on fight week. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? So that's, that's me just each off time. Aye. Yeah. No, Aye. not really training. Just mm-hmm. just on just eating is what I want really. Um, and I'm sitting like 67 to 67 and a half kilo. I never go, really go heavier than 68 kilo. Yeah. Um, flyweight's 57 kilo. So again, it's, it's a, it sounds a lot when you, you say, oh, fuck, 10 kilos. It's a lot of weight. But mm-hmm. over that eight-week fight camp, I'll probably lose like a kilo a week at least, and then I'll yeah. cut the last bit whatever's left. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, no, I yeah, think it's... It's visually, it's it's the kind of flyweight when you, when you see it visually, like um, when you see like Demetrius Johnson and he's seen TJ Dillashaw getting doing the flyweight, um, and you're just it just looks so demanding and it just looks so kind of starved and it looks really. I think that's probably the most worrying part. It's just kind of watching and observing it because it looks like it looks like like death's door. It's really bad. Yeah. Um, what I mean, so so that's so that's how your weight cuts were kind of back then in terms of that. So. Now, yeah. is it still the same? Is it still like an eight-week training camp, but it's more regimented, more disciplined? What's kind of different for then to now? Um, Diet-wise, is, uh, is obviously being vegan, that's that's helped loads, I think. Um, I would like blown up to like 75 kilos and stuff mm-hmm. before. You know what I mean? Where I'm, yeah. I'm sitting, I would, I would be happy 
get into 67 kilos for fight week. Yeah. To drop down to 61. It usually it's coming about 68, 69. Yeah. Um, and that's cutting, basically dieting down from 75. You know what I mean? Now I'm starting at that weight. So there's no, like I could probably make bantam weight in a week. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because of the way I'm sitting at right now. But obviously when I'm, when I'm going to go fly weight, I'm going to need to drop it right down. Mm-hmm. Keep that nutrition like um, on point. Run more, um, do a lot more cardio. I think for that. I'm not wanting obviously my weight cut to to do any damage in my fight. You know what I mean? I'm yeah. not wanting to go out there just after one round to be blown at Mars. Mm-hmm. Um, I would have liked to get a catch weight first, but yeah. because of the just because of the shows that are about just now, there's there's not much going about. So yeah. it's going to be hard. Never mind just getting a fight. It's going to be even harder to get a catch weight fight. So. Mm. I see the process of uh, like going down for bantam weight, doing the flyweight. Is that is, is that as easy as saying to your like your manager or that? Um, could you speak to the organisation? I want to lose weight and kind of go down to that. I feel like I've got a lot of potential there. I'll be able to get in there and kind of make 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 kind of strides in that. I mean, is that what you would do? Just as quick as that? Yeah. So oh, pretty, pretty much. Pretty much that. Yeah. Right. I could decide if I want to. If I really wanted to, I could decide that I want to fight at featherweight next, like a weight up. You know what I mean? I could. It's, your manager will usually find you fights. So you're, say I wanted to go and fight on Cage Warriors or whatever, mm-hmm. they would match me with someone that they think yep. is a good fight. You know what I mean? Um, if I was to move up to featherweight and stuff, I doubt it would be anywhere near a title shot. I'd be fighting the guys at the bottom of the pile yep. just now, you know what I mean? Because I've never fought it that way before. Mm-hmm. Beating a couple of good guys and would get me maybe up to that title shot. Yeah. Um, I'm not too sure how it would work with, with flyweight, but coming down the weight. Yeah. Um, I'm looking to get a big fight, hopefully on Cage Warriors in, mm-hmm. in March, but again, nothing's been even spoke about just now. So it's, again, it's like there's there's so many, so there's so little shows out there just now yeah, to fight on. Yeah. So I've, I'm not even signed with Cage Warriors at the minute. Mm-hmm. So... I don't know what's going to happen. Eh? Is that kind of like um, just to kind of you finished off your contract or you just kind of yeah. halted it for a wee bit? Oh, you finished up your fights, yeah. yeah. I finished my contract and then I ended up, I took another fight on a different show. Yeah. Um, nothing against Cage Warriors, it was just, I was just sort of wanting You've got to be active and stay busy in that though, have you? You've got yeah. to, I mean, like, like you said, it's one of these things, if you've got, I mean, 2020 was a mad year for, for everybody really, but if you're an athlete in that, obviously you've got um, I don't know if I want to say pressures, but you've got like kind of time ticking. It's like every time I'm no fighting and no getting fully into training. I mean, it just takes that one fight, really. I mean, just some people can take a fight, maybe maybe on a whim, and it's like that could kind of be career changing in, in ways yeah. that I mean we've seen it happen before. So yeah. I can imagine that you just want to get in there. I mean, you're practicing all your tools, you're kind of getting everything polished together. So to sit there and just kind of wait and sit on sit on the bench, if you will, is not really good. So. I can imagine that being an issue, mate. So, Cage Warriors, 2018, that you got the call for them? Yeah. How was that? How did it come about? How did you feel? Uh, it's always been, like, literally since the start of the MMA, that was, like, yeah. a goal. You know what I mean? It's always been a goal. I used to watch Cage Warriors all the time um, when I first got into MMA. I never knew about Cage Warriors. Obviously, started watching UFC. Then I started doing MMA. Mm-hmm. And then you start to know people on the scene. Yeah. And then there was people fighting on cage warriors and stuff. So that's how it came about that. Um, and it was always, for me, that was a, a really massive show to be fighting on. Mm-hmm. So that when I got the, the call, 
uh, I was super excited about getting getting the fight. It was only a one fight contract. Yeah. Um, so again, I had to go and felt like I had to go and prove myself to, to yeah. get the to get the win, mm-hmm. um, to get the contract. Yeah. Um, but before that, I was I was kind of struggling to get fights. There was not a lot of guys because my record wasn't great at the time. It was I don't know it was risky fights for people. You know what I mean? So it was hard to get fights. So that's how. When I went with Cage Warriors, I was kind of guaranteed fights. You know, what I mean, people are going to yeah. fight anybody on that the bigger stage. So. Yeah, it's good. See, see, in terms of getting fights, like so, if you're if you're getting people who's kind of no wanting to be risking their fights and all that, just be their own kind of journey, um, trying to get to the top of the ladder. Do you do you get a choice in that matter? Like, do you get to say, "No, nah, I'm no one them. I'm no one them," or do you just kind of say, "Get me whoever you want." Yeah, I'm I'm like that. I'll yeah. fight anyone. You know what I mean? <laughs> but you do get guys that have, some some guys will not even know. You know what I mean? I might not even know. I might like my manager might be saying no to other people. I don't. Yeah. I doubt it very much because he knows that I'll, I'll pretty much go against anyone. Mm-hmm. Um, but there is guys out there that are like, nah, I'm not wanting that fight. That's too risky a fight for me. You know what I mean? Like fighting somebody. Like for instance. Um, Leon Edwards and that Kazmat. Oh, Chumayev. <laughs> yeah, that's um, that's a risky fight for him. Big you know time, I mean? big time. Big risky fight, but he's got a wee bit of hype behind him as well. Um, so I suppose that's maybe why he's taking it. But that's a, for me. That's kind of a lose lose fight for for Edwards. Yeah, because he's on he's on such a big winning streak as it is, and I mean we, we know Chumayev. I mean. Um, I don't want to speculate and take anybody's hype away because my opinion doesn't really matter. But um, the way that he's been pushed up, the kind of caliber of competition he's got, and then there's people on like social media and that completely kind of trashing Edwards, and you're kind of how could you do that? I mean, I know yeah. that he's maybe been inactive and the, the personality that he's got is maybe not really resonating with people. But um, other fights that he's been, I mean, he's fought Dos Angeles and Cerrone and everything, and. Uh, He's doing brilliant, and yeah. I mean, I, I personally, on a personal note, I think he'd beat Chumayev, but um, I think he's getting high. I think he'll beat him, and that's yeah. that's the thing. I, I do think he'll beat him, but yeah. I don't think it's it's going to do nothing for him. You know what I mean? It's, mm-hmm. What is it going to prove, really? But yeah, when you're on a big stage like that, sometimes you feel the need to fight. You know what I mean? I, I don't know. I don't know what he's thinking, but nah, can okay. it's a we'll So. Um, another time, so like I said, I said that I seen you kind of in Cage Warriors, but another time I seen you, it was kind of like, oh, wait a second, it was kind of a cool wee kind of push for you in terms of, I was just looking about scouring social media, and then I, I, I don't know what I typed in, it must have been just MMA or something to do with Dundee, and I seen the, a fighter with Cody Garbrand um, standing there in Team Alpha Male, and I was like, yeah. that's bloody mental, it's like a small world when you think of it like that, so how did that come about? Um, it was through my management. My yeah. management was over. Um, my management's the same management as Paul Craig's um, from Scotland. Obviously, I used yeah. to go through there and train with them and that. Yeah. Um, and I was looking to go somewhere. Yeah. And they says they'd obviously made sort of ties over there because Paul fought on the Sacramento card. Oh, of course, yes. Yeah. Yeah. So he was in in there. Yeah. So he got he got to know a couple of them. My manager yeah. was there, Brian. He got to know a couple of them. And um, so, and it was always that's always been the gym where there's always loads of these small guys that are, yeah. that are good. So I was like, "Do you think I'd be able to go over there?" And they're like, "Well, all we could do is ask." So then ended up getting like a contact, and mm-hmm. 
that was it. They're like, come over if you want. Um, yeah, so I decided to go over. And it was like, when I went over, it was a bit daunting because you'd only yeah, ever seen these guys on okay. TV. Mm-hmm. And I mean, you see these guys on TV and it's like, literally Cody was the first person to come up to me. He's like, yeah. introduced himself as, is that hi, I'm Cody. Kind of like, I never knew who he was. Yeah. <laughs> but um, okay. yeah, it was just like, it was, it was surreal to take in. I hadn't slept for like 36 hours. I never got to sleep on the train mm-hmm. on the plane on Hanai. But when I got over there, my, my eyes were like that. But seeing all these sort of, for me, there's like celebrities, you know what I mean? Obviously, yeah, it's, it's like, like the kind of filthy, kind of like the filthy the moon kind of thing because they're just suddenly on the TV. Next thing you're standing talking to them, and yeah. um, we, we all know who they are, we all know what they've done. Mm-hmm. Um, so man, that must have been surreal. Was it literally you, what did you go there, have a wee chat with them, and then um, is it just kind of right into training, or did you need to kind of hang out with them for a wee bit as well? Um, well, when I, when I first got there, it was on like a Saturday night, and yeah. I think it was like. I can't remember who was fighting. I think it was Mark Hunt was fighting or something. Um, this was like, we're talking maybe three years ago, was the first time I went. Yeah, um, yeah it's just, but basically they they were all having a drink, but I was like struggling to keep my eyes open. Eh? Obviously jet lagged, fuck. But um, got sort of shown where uh, the room and that I was staying in. I got to introduce to the guys that were in the house that were, so it was like a fighter house. Mm-hmm. Um introduced to all the guys decided where it was sleeping and stuff like that got gave the schedule for um, for the training the next day sort of turned up and at the end of the class I'm like is anybody new here I put my hand up <laughs> and they're like so basically I had to say my name in front of everybody in that and just I, I felt welcome straight away it was great you know what I mean it just felt like a, a sort of big family that's, um, the way, that's the way it comes across did you yeah. mean Sage Northcott at all? Yeah. What was he like? I, done, um, I, never, I only really trained well for like yeah. maybe like two minutes or something. Yeah. It was just like I was doing jab sparring, yeah. just the jab. And I think he jabbed my nose off about 50 times in yeah. the space of 10 minutes. He was so long and he's obviously right. got fast straight hand. It's just a yeah. fucking head was just pinging back every two seconds. <laughs> but um, yeah, he's such, he's just, he's exactly like he is. Is he exactly? Uh, yeah. That. He's just. The most smiliest, happiest looking yeah. guy ever. It's kind of mad. He's like super nice. Oh, he seems it. He seems it. Always referring to people as Mister White and everything. And uh, he's very, it's very cool. Um, Uriah. So you met Uriah. What was the? I mean, I'm imagining that you probably had a lot of kind of chats with him and that. Did he give you any kind of words of advice and wisdom, just in terms of? We know that he's been around a lot of people in terms of all the people he's got there. And um, mm-hmm. but for you, knowing where he came from and that, because I don't know if they're familiar with the kind of MMA background that Scotland's got. I mean, we have got um, at least a very prominent kind of background now in terms of a lot of fighters that we're seeing, but um, did he give you any kind of advice? Just like, you're, you're from there, you're over here. This is a big this is a big chance and all that. Like, did he give you any advice? Um, to be honest, no, like, not face-to-face, me and him advice, but he would always give, like, at the end of most sessions, he would give, like, a... Like these speeches, and everybody's like, Oh, here's the Uriah speech coming up. Um, <laughs> but they were to me, I'd never heard anything like this after a, like a training session or whatever. And he, mm. he would speak, and it was like, Oh, positivity. And he's like, Look, you guys want to go far, you need to train hard. Like, blah blah. Yeah. And it was just for me, it was dead uplifting. Oh, I mean, it was like imagine. it made me want to train harder. Mm-hmm. Um, but in terms of like MMA stuff, it was one class that I turned up to, it was called Training Before Training. 
Yeah. Um, and it was at like something like fucking seven o'clock in the morning or something. Wow. So I was jet lagged, ended up getting up. Yeah. Because I couldn't sleep anyway. I was like, right, I'll go up to that class and get, get to know people a wee bit better. Yeah. Um, and it was just turned up, it was just me. So you're, I basically got a one-to-one from Uriah for an hour, you know what I mean? Just going over all his stuff, all his jokes and stuff. And it was, that again was surreal. So you, and I got to know him a wee bit better because it was just yeah. me and him, you know what I mean? So, yeah, boys. For Jose Aldo and everything, it must yeah. have been pure mental. Um, no, that's, that's insane. So just kind of going back on something. So just about Cage Warriors and that. So when we're talking about you going for Cage Warriors, we're talking about you going across the Team Alpha Male. Um, so was this in preparation to the fight with Jack Shore? Um, that was one of the times. I've been over three times. Oh, you've been over a couple of times then. Yeah, yeah. been over three times. The first time I went was... When was that? Who's that fight on that one? I can't even remember. It feels like ages ago now. Um, it's a good thing, man. You're losing track of being there, man. That's good. It was. I'm pretty sure it was the fight... Was it? Oh, it was my fight against Adam and my singer, I think it was. Mm-hmm. Um, because I was supposed to be fighting someone and literally the day I landed. Yep. In fact, the first time I went out, the first time I went out, wasn't, I didn't have a fight camp because I wanted to go out just to train and enjoy it. You know what I mean? I wanted to, to know what it was like without being the pressure of, I'm in fight camp. You know what I mean? So I went out just to train, just to get a feel for it. And the second time I went out, the day I landed, the guy cancelled the fight. So I was like, fuck. The so guy like a hold it in. Yeah, well, I ended up getting somebody else sorted for that fight, but yeah. literally the day, I just literally landed and like, I got a text, you know, the guy's pulled out your fight. I was like, for fuck's sake, just fucking, just came over here. But yeah, I kept on training. Uh, manager's like, look, enjoy training, keep fit, um, and we'll get someone else sorted for you. And eventually got someone sorted, so... Was there any other gyms considered apart from Alpha Male? Was there any ones like American Top Team or anybody like that? Um, I did think about American Top Team. I spoke to someone about American Top Team. Yeah. Um, and it was. I've heard different things. I've heard mixed results about that. It's, it's more of. It's a gym, but there's loads of separate. Yeah, yeah, of course, yeah. They've got so many branches all over the place. Yeah, but it's there's, it's weird because there is like. Although it's the one gym in Florida, they've got different coaches at different times. Mm-hmm. Like, you'll get two fighters from American Top Team that probably never trained together. Yeah. You know what I mean? But in Team Alpha Male, everybody trains together. Yeah. And I think that's how it's sort of like... A bit, I prefer team, the Team Alpha Male sort of way, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But um, I think we was definitely going back over. I'd like to do like a wee trip. Yeah. Even just... Even in California alone, there's, there's loads of gyms, you know what I mean? Even just like maybe hire a, a camper van or something like that, someone, and just go about the gyms as training and see what, see what the difference is because there's, there's so many gyms in California alone. It'd be cool to do something like that. Uh, you've got AKA and you've got um, like uh, Khabib, Cormier, um, all them lot. That would be pretty cool to go there because I'm sure that um, even though Khabib's retired and that, well, as he would not care that, but um, you get you get to go there, you get to see DC and everything. That'd be amazing. So, um, just kind of talking about the Scottish scene again. Just so when they comment on it and say stuff about it, it's more or less just kind of um, how do you feel about how it is? Because I've noticed a lot. I mean, personally and observations, 
Um, would you say that the Scottish, um, certainly the higher calibre fighters, so you've got like um, Stephen Ray, yourself, um, Joe Cordler with Paul Craig and that, um, do you ever cross paths in that way? Because it's a kind of close-knit being from the same country, because I always feel that um, despite we all kind of been through here, it seems kind of fragmented. Is that the way it is, or is it all kind of um, close-knit? I think that there's certainly two two clubs, two gyms that, yeah. that don't get on. Um some of them, some of the guys from the gym get on, um, so it's higher level and Scottish squad. Yeah. I don't know the story behind it, um, and I'm like pals with both of them. I'm, I'm training at a higher level just now. Um, I've trained at Scottish squad a lot as well. Yeah. Um, my manager runs Scottish squad, so I've nothing, nothing bad to say about the guys from there. You know what I mean? They've all been great with me. It's been great training. Um, for me, higher level is just a wee bit closer. Yeah. And there's a lot, there's a, not a lot, but there's more smaller guys for me. And yeah. that, that to me how, is why I go there a wee bit more. But yeah, it's just like, there is a couple of guys that sort of don't get along. Yeah. But most of the guys from Scotland, because there's there's not many of us, mm-hmm. we're kind of trained together. Like like we're saying about Aidan Stephen, he, yeah. he's been down to my gym, I've been up to his gym, just like, he's from Elgin. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's, it sounds far, but it's not actually that far when you, when you think about it. You know what I mean? You can you can drive up to Elgin a couple of hours, three hours or something. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's good to get... I like to go and travel if, to just fucking train with anybody. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That's the thing that we always done in judo as well. All the Scottish squad would come to Edinburgh. You'd meet in Edinburgh and everybody train there. Yeah. And um, you'd maybe train the day before or whatever and then that following weekend... Uh, you're fighting each other on the mat. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's that was to me how it worked in judo. So I was like, I don't know why it can't work like that in, in MMA. No, that's, I mean, that's what I was kind of saying in terms of that. Because there's only a couple of people, there's only a few um, prominent names. I mean, obviously there'll be a lot of underground, a lot of amateur level that are kind of making the step up to that. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, it was just really that of the people that I have seen, um, I've not seen a lot of kind of camaraderie and kind of, Unity is probably not the best word to use, eh? but just kind of that collectiveness between Scotland, which um, I can imagine I've been kind of proved wrong in that regard. That is the case, but no, I was just always curious to see because I see a lot of different people in that. And uh, yeah. aye, but that's cool to hear that it's like that. So 2021, so you've told me that, um, of course, are you looking to get back to Cage Warriors? Are you looking to chase a belt? Are you looking to um, add some new I'm, skills? I think so. I think Cage Warriors is pretty much the only show that's going to be going ahead from yeah. now to March anyway, at least. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm guessing I'm going to try and get on that. But well, already I'm trying to get on that. It's just whether I'm going to get fights is a different question. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's because it's they've got like a rule because of this COVID thing. You're allowed, technically allowed to train yeah. because you're fighting on that show. Mm-hmm. So it's like it was written in paper and stuff, you know what I mean? It's all signed to the government and stuff like that. So yeah. that's obviously, that's the thing that you know is not going to get cancelled. You know what I mean? There's nothing worse than going training for a fight, diet another time, and then you're, yeah. you're, the whole show gets cancelled. Not just like your guy pulling out, your whole show gets cancelled. Do you know what I mean? Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm looking towards Cage Warriors at the minute just to, and then see where it goes from there. You know what I mean? So, nobody even knows what's going on with the world you've just got to kind of take it as it is um, but no nah, I mean I hope that I hope that everything gets a wee bit better I mean like it says the UFC and um, 
didn't even kind of Bellator are getting stuff on the go. But I mean, the UFC are keeping stuff going. Hopefully, Cage Warriors is going to be pretty much the same. Um, are you watching the fights this weekend? Should be, should be. Yeah. Who have you got? Who um, you got in the main event? Which one is this? Is this um? It's uh, It's uh, Hulk, Max Holloway and Holloway, Calvin Cater. For some reason, right, I would always go Max Holloway because I like Max Holloway. But for yeah. some reason, I think um, Cater's going to win. Just I've been watching him recently. Just in all his highlights and stuff, and he's striking really. I think he's oh, striking. Yeah. Amazing. It is. It's crisp. It's like, like a proper yeah. boxer. Proper boxer. Yeah. And I think although Max Holloway's, he's um, he's great. He's like part of part of like touch, 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 touch all the yep. time. Yep. I think um, Cater's just got that power advantage. I think. Mm-hmm. But I think nah, you can do what Max Holloway does as well. To nah, be a good fight. I think, fight. It's, I think it's going to be a good, could be like fight the night, it could be fight the year and that. I mean, I was just on a whim. I was reading some comments earlier on. So um, I was watching the weigh-ins um, and people were like, now I personally think that both fighters look great despite the cut. But um, a lot of people were saying, you know, I don't know. I'm just, I want to ask you for your take on it, whether you've had any kind of criticism of that. Um because you're about to have had some people like kind of trolls, but somebody was saying to Max uh, on uh, the UFC page, like, oh, Max Holloway's no looking good, kind of that kind of. It's like they're suddenly, they're suddenly experts in the field of weight cuts and that. It's like people are generally not going to look that good after that weight that they've cut, certainly yeah. after kind of big boys and that. But um, do you ever get anything like that? Any kind of trolling or? Not really, to be honest. No. No, I don't think good. my name's big enough out there yet. But. <laughs> <laughs> um, but some people look like death on the scales, you know what I mean? And the yeah. next day, they're, they're fine. Yeah. I mean, you never know. Like, I've got, like, puffy eyes as it is. So as soon mm-hmm. as I start weight cutting, my eyes just go sunk right in my head, look better yeah. than I slept for about a week. So that's... I think each person is different, you know what I mean? But... No, that's fair enough. What about next week? McGregor and Poirier. Who drinks taking that? I'm going to say Poirier. Just... I'm like... I'm the same. Yeah. Just because I, I, I really like him, mm-hmm. like, um, and just with the way Conor McGregor's been recently, not that I want him to lose because he's a great fighter. Yeah, but he's just—I just don't know like the way he's, he's going about things just now. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I don't know if he's got the the same drive mm-hmm. as what he had before. You know what I mean? Because he's got all these all this money. Does he want to do it as as much? You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know. It's, it's a good fight. You can never count him out, that's for sure. There's a 100% chance he, he could still win. You know what I mean? So, no, I I I'm going to pick Poirier. Uh, I'm picking Poirier as well. Like I said, I knew it. I watched the fight back in 2013. We've seen what happened in such a short space of time, but I personally think Poirier's got um, as good a chance as well, most people. I mean, he's, he's only got better. I mean, Connor's got better, but... Um, I think Pori has personally kind of improved more in terms of he's had a lot more rounds, a lot more fights, a lot more wars. So I think he can definitely pull off. So I just want to ask you one more wee quick question. Um, doesn't matter what organisation you were in or any kind of weight class. What would your dream fight be if you were to be given a choice? Like um, you can pick any weight class, any person in MMA, past or present. Who would it be? Like, have you ever sat and thought about that? Because, I mean, despite people saying that that will never happen, I mean, a lot of stuff would be said that never happened in MMA and it happened. So, like, have you, have you ever thought about that in any weight yeah. class? I've always I've always wanted to... I don't know what, why, but just I would like to test myself against um, Mighty Mouse. 
Demetrius Johnson. Yeah. He's always been my favourite fighter. Same man. I like um, I like his style inside the cage. I like his yep. style outside the cage. Yep. He's, he's not a big trash talker. He's. Yep. I think me and him are similar in a lot of ways. Obviously, he's fucking like nine nine times champion or whatever. But um, I just like his whole like persona or whatever if you want to call it. Mm-hmm. It's like he's just such a, a cool guy. I think and. Um, yeah, he's he's great inside the cage as well, which makes it even better. No, that's cool, man. I was I was uh, very much at the same thing. He is. He's great. Um, still remember that arm bar he done? Do you mean he mean he done that jumping arm bar in the air and everything? He's, yeah, he's some boy. But um, no, that's cool, man. That's, I was just wanting to get that wee quick question in there. So, where could listeners find out more about you in terms of fights, stuff that you can plug in terms of your gym, any kind of merch, anything like that? Um, well. Jim Omega, yeah. Omega MMA. Um, that's through in Perth. Um, obviously, we'll shut this down because of this carry on. But mm-hmm. once we get back over, we are doing like Zoom. I'm doing Zooms. I fucking hate Zooms, but we're doing them. <laughs> um, yeah, for to follow me on Instagram would be Scotty underscore Boom Boom. Yep. Uh, Twitter's Scott Malone two six five. At I think that's it. <laughs> and I don't know. That's it. I've got a TikTok as well. Recently got TikTok. Got TikTok <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> but it's, I'm just um, yeah. It's more for like videos for for mountain climbing and stuff just now. Because yeah. that's the a new thing I've sort of got into. So I've uh, seen man. It looks great. It looks yeah. some some scenic views you're getting there, man. And that'll be undoubtedly giving you some kind of um, fitness kick. I mean, it's probably yeah. a car, good cardio with the climbing and everything. It's it's for me. It's it's very similar to fighting. Yeah. Although I'm not getting hit. It's like it's constant grueling. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, some of the hills you can walk up and it's just a wee nice day and you get nice right. views and that. But some of the like the recent ones have been going up, they've been really hard, you know what I mean? So like um, the last one I was up, I had my ice axe, I had the crampons on, you're like <laughs> basically standing on the edges of my toes yeah. and my calves were burning, like everything. I was like, fuck, I'm not gonna make this. Yeah, you can't stop the way. No, you, there's no stop and you can't go mm-hmm. back because if you go back, you're fucked. So you just get had to keep keep on going right up to the top, and you get to the top of this bit where you think's the top, and it's not even the top. And fuck. So, it's, but yeah, it's it's grueling and it's good. That it's I use it as exercise, but I use mm-hmm. it for like headspace as well. It gets me yeah. away from like cars and fucking people in the streets and yeah. fucking masks. You know what I mean? Like, no, I get you. But all that just it stresses me out. It's, I hate being around loads of people. Although I'm fighting in front of loads of people. <laughs> um, I hate being like too crammed and stuff. But when I'm out there, there's no nothing. You know what I mean? It's just it's just yourself me. Self and nature, mate, is it? And you're you're kinda of yeah. like it says you're clear mind, clear space, and you can sit yeah. and think about stuff that you probably can't even think about here. But yeah. um no, that's brilliant, mate. And I mean, I really appreciate you coming on. Like I said, it's been some time we've been trying to get well, not trying to get you on, but wanting to get you on, just um getting everything kind of up and running again. But I hope to see you in Cage Warriors or any other organisation and uh, certainly hope that from this I'll get it shared with a lot of people and a lot of MMA fans. Um, we'll get it shared, get it promoted, we'll hopefully get um, a couple of people chiming in on the videos and stuff. But that's nah, really appreciated, mate. Thanks again. Thank you very much. Thank you, mate. Take it easy, man. Good luck.